Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm Tim, here in the Rugby Dungeon, in person with JB and Phil. When was the last time this happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this It was pre-World Cup. No, did we? Oh no, not all together. We've not all been no. together before since... Feels like... Um, six weeks? I, I don't know if you remember, the, I don't know if you're a big Star Trek fan. <laughs> I'm not, unfortunately. So, obviously, uh, for those Star Trek fans who do know, um, Picard was taken by the Borg, and he was away for a while. Riker had to sit in his seat and uh, drive the thing for a little bit, and then right at the end, they all c- c- come back together. So, yeah, we basically lost Tim for a long time, and now he's back in the driver's seat, well, back at ba- the helm. I'm back, back to Paris tomorrow. Of course. Oh, so, what a lifestyle. What a, what a jet setter. And that, but, but a week on Sunday... The day after the World Cup final, I'm back for good. Mm. As take that once said. Until, well, the, until the next trip abroad. Now, uh, now one of my favourite things in sport at the moment, right, is people who are no longer playing the sport in full sports kits of their team. <laughs> is, is anyone here in their full sports <laughs> kit? <laughs> I, well, what I've, are you wearing, Tim Cocker? I, I've got Bayon Bombers shorts on. I've got... A dressing gown on. You, and nothing underneath. Nothing, nothing else. <laughs> I've got a load of Manchester Metropolitan University You've got sales sharks on your arm. You look like you look like a full-time coach. Uh, well, uh, do you know what? Do you know what? what uh, right, this is. Uh, let me just say, this is going to be a, a World Cup semi-final preview. We'll do a, this little bit of preamble, but we must get into it. I can talk about this later. But okay. I, in fact, I'll put a pin in it. I was very close to where you lived today. Uh, Park. Where you grew up. Were oh. you at Bangor? Colwyn Bay. I was in Bangor. I will tell you. I'll tell you all about that in a bit. But this this uh, this podcast um, is going to be well. The first of the two podcasts we're doing today. Whether you want to listen to the other one depends on if you're uh, a, a patron or not. Because there there is some content we do on the podcast which we we reserve for our special friends who we know can be within our circle of trust, and uh, it it may be extra spicy content. And I think that's what we're going to do today, isn't it? Um, we're going to do a Patreon podcast. So if you want to support us there, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Uh, you can, I was going to say Twitter, but... Not really. <laughs> don't really do that. It exists. Find, find JB on Instagram. Don't do that. I've had so many followers like this week, and I don't know what they what going to make of it. It's because we were talking about all the heat you were packing. Well, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, I've had followers. I, I'm, I'm worried they're going to be disappointed. Okay. Well. With the rugby content. 
<laughs> not with the content, obviously. Well, let's talk about rugby content right here. And we've got a World Cup semi-final. We've got two teams announced. South Africa and England announced their teams in the morning as we record this. Friday, Saturday, the two games. And everyone, seems there seems to be so much less interest in these two games than a week ago. Yeah, there's an air of inevitability. Yeah. Now, the best outcome might actually be... Oh, no. Go on, say it. Say those words, JB. Yeah. Finish that sentence. England versus Argentina. Actually, no, that's not the best outcome. The best outcome is going to be South Africa versus Argentina for the sport, I think. I think either New Zealand, South Africa or England, Argentina would be the that. best games, the best spectacles. I agree with that. It'd I have be- no interest in watching New Zealand, South Africa, do you? Um, yeah. I w- New Zealand, South Africa is the biggest rivalry in the sport. They hate yeah. each other. There's the... Was it 99 or 95? I can't remember the final where... 95. There was the accusation of the... Food poisoning. Food poisoning yeah, of the yeah, New yeah. Zealand team. They, they They've together, both but... won it three times. They're going to see who can be the, the only one to have won it four times. South Africa are trying to do the thing that New Zealand can say that South Africa have never we done. We see this twice winning, a year. Winning back-to-back uh, World Cups. This, the oh, rivalry is massive. New Zealand won back-to-back. 11 and 15. 11 and 15. They did, New, New Zealand did. So, so when South Africa say, uh, we've won it three times as well... Yeah. New Zealand say, yeah, but you've never won it back to back. So that's now what South Africa can do. <laughs> and they can I'm not interested in the- I'd rather New Zealand go up. I don't want to see them again. <laughs> I want them all to pack their bags as, as a team and form a nice baggage train onto Air New Zealand and get lost. That's what I have to do. I, I would be... I would be... <coughs> given the situation we're in, I would take the South Africa... Um, New Zealand final because I think it probably will be the best final um, because they are the two best teams left in the tournament and for all those extra reasons you stated before Tim but I am a bit sad I'm a bit sad we've not got France and Ireland at least one of those two teams still in the competition if if you had to pick one of those two teams to still be in the competition which one would you pick which one are you in other words which one are you sadder about is no longer part of it Uh, I know what JB will say yeah, and I will say the opposite. I would say Ireland. Oh, grow up. <laughs> Fine. I'm, I am very sad. France have gone. You must be sad with France. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. I'm sad that both went. I really wanted at least one of them to to get through to yeah. have a shot at the big one. Uh, yeah, a new like so, someone operating at the top level that, that could be a new name on the trophy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. The question though is. How can England beat the box? Uh, because, right, if you were Rassi Erasmus, and I have such a begrudging admiration for that fella, as just as a purely as a rugby coach, I think he is a legit genius. He's good. He's yeah. Good. I think he's... So, I think he is... Uh, um, going back to the, the Lions tour two years ago, I think he is a total dickhead. Like, I really, <laughs> really do... But that that video was. Oh, that video was so. We went into great length about it. Yeah. But it was such a terrible thing. The Nick Berry thing was shameful. To to accuse someone of racism. Yeah. To get your way. Is is that the second time? Was that the same incident? Because it's Alwyn Jones. We said Alwyn Jones got the rib of the green because of racism. Was that the same incident? I can't remember. No, I can't remember. But that's that's sixty-two minutes. It all, that, left, it all left a sour taste. But, all of that. But you can't. Yeah, that really does. And I still like. I lost a lot of respect for him as a consequence of that. But you can't help admire him as a coach. And, yeah. And the way that he uh, has brought on that 
South Africa team and developed it from, because I think even though the personnel have changed, sometimes personnel maybe arguably have changed for the worse. Uh, I think the way that they do things and the, the way that he thinks about the game, him and Nienaber, because Jacques Nienaber is very important to it, you can't help but admire it. And a couple of things that we mentioned from the weekend, the the marking of um, the kick with no... The marking of the kick and then calling a scrum with no need to do it, just a, a pure flex of your um, scrummaging power. Yeah. Explain this to me because I've not heard this and we were speaking about it before the podcast. What are you talking about? So Damien Willemser caught a kick yep. in his own 22, called the mark. Remember this. Ref- referee gives a short arm free kick and Damien Willemser says scrum. scrum. And it's uh, and South Africa win a scrum penalty and get further upfield. It's a flex. Right. And in the press conference afterwards, or maybe it was a day afterwards or whatever, he was asked about this. And this is one thing I do like about Rassi Rasmus. You ask him a rugby question, he'll give you a fully in-depth rugby answer. Same as Steve Borthwick, if you bother asking him the question. Yeah, and if you've, you've got watched, to ask him the question, though. if you've watched any of Steve Borthwick's recent press conferences, he's not getting asked any rugby no. questions. One of the did you see? I think it was after Saturday. Someone asked him whether um, how they feel about being underdogs going into the weekend, and he was so pissed off about being asked that question because it it undermines what they've just done. And it's like, he said, he said we do not care, like. Whatever you, want to, whatever you want to write about is entirely <laughs> up to you. We do not care. And then he was like shaking his hand, shaking his head, and staring down the journalist who asked him that question. Well, I, I quite like that. That's like I, a, I like it from Borthwick. That's a bit of fire in the tummy stuff. I can get yeah. on board with that from Borthwick because quite often uh, you find he answers the question that he wants to, wants to answer regardless of the question that he's asked. <laughs> now, uh, but, but Razzie so what Rasmus, was the answer? So Razzie Rasmus yes. he, he explained it, and he, and he said, "Well, France like to keep the ball in play." So they don't give up many opportunities for set pieces. We, I'm paraphrasing and shortening it. Uh, our scrums are a weapon that we like to use as mm. a launch play, and we weren't going to get many opportunities to use it. So we d- we discussed the fact that if there's a mark, we could use a scrum. Perfect. Yeah, and they, wa- and they which, want a scrum pen from it. Yeah, which it's a risky strategy because yeah. you're giving the opportunity to uh, to the opposition to win a penalty in your 22, which leads to gives them a direct scoring opportunity either via three points or a a five-metre line-out. I like it. It's it's a hell of a ball. I, I like, like it as well. It's like the line-out thing where you tell the opposition you're going to drive. You just make it obvious <laughs> you're going to drive. It's like, you just got to stop us now. Yeah, It yeah, is yeah. a pure flex. I, I love that. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And he did, interestingly, one of the things that we spoke about on uh, the last pod was the cross-field kick, yep. putting seven men out there. And yep. he, he said kind of the point that we made, but he... They try lots. He said they try lots of things. He didn't say what specifically other things they've tried, and lots of them don't come off. And people either never comment on them or they call them as negative. But when it comes off, as it did in the France game, it's fantastic. And that's what I love. There's the constant innovation. You feel like they're because you talk about this. um, I I think you've both used this. You took rugby as a series of trade-offs, and you yeah you you can do one thing, but it, it there's you leave things open, as you said, about the risk in the scrum penalty in your own 22. Mm. Um, it, it's a series of trade-offs. And I just love the innovation and the constant thinking. And um, I also, a, another great moment from a press conference this week was Alex Lowe from The Times, friend of the pod. Yeah. Mm. Good guy. 
Uh, he asked Razzie Rasmus, so what's that England team you've got written down on your bit of paper? Because I think Razzie baited. I think he knew. He, he kept looking down at his paper and going, oh, England have got this many caps per player and they're this weight and the team we think they're going to pick, blah, blah, blah. So he was like, yeah, he was just inviting. Yeah, he wanted that question he to be asked. He wanted that question. So what was, what was his team? Uh, well, he just read out the, the team, which was basically the team from the weekend. Okay. Uh, or he just said Smith or Steward. And he yeah. was... He was, in essence, just saying, look at all these caps, look at all this experience, look how good they are, try to convince everyone that they're really good. Yeah, and, and what he was also doing was, uh, he was just kind of going, I think he was giving off the sense of, we're, we're so in control, we know, what's, we know what's coming, and we're prepared for all eventualities, and I, I, I don't know, it, 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 it felt fun. But the, the, question I, the question I would have loved to have asked after that, if I was in the room, he said, oh, you know, this is this is what we think they're going to pick. I would have liked to have gone, yeah, okay, Razzie, that's what you think they're going to pick. What? Which England team would you pick? Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't answer that one, but what do you think he would... So this is where I want to get to. Like, if you were Razzie Rasmus and Jack Nienarber and you had that kind of uh, blank bit of paper and you were trying to come up with some amazing new way, some innovation to beat the box, because England are heavy underdogs. How on. How do you do it? Are you asking us to win a walk are you asking us to get to a walk up final? Yes. <laughs> because I'm not I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> no. No, I'm qualified. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely if I'm not qualified, who is? You got Tok H promoted. I haven't. Nearly nearly. We have we've got at the leagues through a series of um <laughs> Re- of restructures. <laughs> we nearly went, oh no, we did win a league. We did win a league. Uh, I'm winning some cups. Two weeks on Saturday, you're playing, JB. You have to play. I'm playing this weekend in in, in the lead up to it, and, and then in two weeks' time against Broadway. I will. Park. I will be there. Yeah, fantastic. That's where I'm going to be on the fourth of November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you on the sideline. Big game, big old game. On. So, so, what would we do? What would you well, do? What's been done already? Okay, so what new things have been done? Well, I'll say here's one thing I'll throw in there. I I think because Marcus Smith, it looks like he's going to be out, maybe this won't be an option, but I was thinking, keep Marcus Smith, put Freddie Stewart on the wing. Hmm. To A, neutralise any potential uh, crossfield bomb type thing, and maybe exploit that as an attacking weapon from an England perspective. I think Freddie Stewart's better at chasing kicks than he is at fielding them. Yeah. So the wing wing makes sense. I mean, you've got two good... um, Fullback under the high ball, or certainly under the high ball wingers in Johnny May and Elliot Daly, yeah. um, who yeah. perhaps give you a little bit more going forward. Although not, they don't have the same crash ball edge that um, Freddie Stewart does. So maybe, what I th- would I do? Every single position I can think of is dominated by South Africa. Like position groups, back row was dominated. Uh, you know, they are so dominant back row, front row, front row. They're going to be yeah. So I guess. I'd depower my scrum. That would be a gamble that I'd be willing to make. I might bring in Bevan, Bevan Rod. Rod. Uh, we've seen that work before, and I think there is some logic there. What, so you li- should go looser, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to play, just go and play. I think Bevan Rod is a unique talent in the propping world for what he can do with ball in hand. So There you go. You know, I like you thinking there. I mean, there's something there. If you're not going to win the scrums... He started that game two years ago when England won. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point. So I, I think that's something there... For me, something to do with the 13 channel. It feels like there's been all sorts of revolutions everywhere, except for the 13 channel. So we're looking at Morny Libok, um, a fly half that can't kick particularly well, but he does other things really, really well. Uh, we've seen the evolution of the 12, who is now like a secondary ball-carrying eight. Uh, you see these up and down 
the league, a league, the competition, whether it be Banyaki or you've got whoever, whoever plays for South Africa, whether it be Esterhazen or Diolande, who did a great job. 12 is getting big, but we're not really seeing much going on in the 13 channel. So something, something there. I don't know what, though. But yeah, what options do England have at 13? Ollie Joe Lawrence. Marchant actually played really well, though. Yeah, do, Marsh- do you think you go Manu, Manu, Ollie Lawrence? Mm. I'm not sure I'd go Manu. I'd go Ollie Lawrence, though. As, at 12. Yeah, I think I'd go. So it's just something which I've not seen seen before. That's very conventional. There needs to be something else. Yeah, because it's Ollie Lawrence. They've not seen him, but it's not like they've not seen players like Ollie Lawrence yeah, before. Yeah, he's not like they played against Manu. Unusual. They played against Lau Mappe. France got quite they a bit of change Bundyaki. out of short range kicking. Yes, he Little did actually against South Africa. They got quite a bit of change out of that. And mm. you know, grubber kicks are very useful. The, the, the evolution of the kicking game has been remarkable this World Cup alone. So. How teams seek out space is very, very good, and space seems to be the thing which they want more more than anything else. And they seem to be very, very good at getting it. You've got crossfield kicks, you've got the little grubbers when they go go out wide, or to get out wide like diagonal. Also, you've got those L type kicks where they wing it out to the wing, and then it goes straight forward from there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the way. Uh, not just so kicking game gets a lot of press, positive and negative. And there's a lot of like predictable box kicking. I don't think that's the way you do you beat the box. I think it's it is the alternatives. It's the the more unusual the um, little dinks over the top, the grubber kicks, the crossfield kick, the L kick, the kicking yeah. kicking from twelve or kicking from thirteen or kicking from fifteen, uh, just to to keep them on the toes. And also, right, Razi spoke in his press conference about when they lost to. Um, England a couple of years ago and when they played them last year um, and when South Africa beat them last year that the England were able to put pressure on them at line-out time particularly with Itoji and Laws uh, and now Chesham in that lineup. I think that's the way you do it you push force them back and try and then totally disrupt their line-out not that that is going to be easy no nope, but it's not there are, like you said before, JB. There aren't really many areas of weakness there. If they're dominant in most areas, you've got to pick some that you've got to How target. Do you, and do you oddly maybe try and slow the game down? Like South Africa did this. This was a tactic that South Africa used against France: slowing it down, getting the ball off off the pitch a lot. Right. Do England do that even more than South Africa? How do, do you it, get Benambi off the field legally? <laughs> yes. Legally. Yeah. How does that it's, guy? Yeah. That it's not slowing it down to get Benambi off no, the field. It's, want... it's speeding it up. I so think. he yeah. is he is a scrimmaging machine. He can scrimmage all day long. Yeah. He'll be yeah. happy to. But and by the way, his loose play has been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah phenomenal. Yeah. But if you're going to get him off off the field, you're going to have to work him hard. So what are the things you can do to make sure their hook? Like what channels does he defend in? I would be attacking there continuously. I'd be making him get up and down until at some yeah. point Dion Fury has to come on. Kick, yeah. Kicking to him when he's when you're kicking off. Yes. Um, yeah. Targeting so him, him in that, everywhere. Maybe everywhere. that actually like leads lends a bit more credence to your thought that like go with the go with the the guys that uh, don't drop the ball. Cricket would never don't make any handling mistakes. Do, yeah, yeah. Do you can't. <laughs> but I, which which you know that's a problem because that, that, that puts problem. more pressure on you. It's like what we saw in the World Cup final yeah. four years ago. If you know you if you know you drop the ball you are conceding a penalty because you're going to get penalised at scrum time, you can't drop the ball. 
which puts pressure on you, which makes you drop the ball more. Yes. Conversely, well, South Africa can play with more freedom because they know if they drop the ball, they get a penalty and they go 50 yards downfield. Yes, this is true. Now, a way not to drop the ball is not to be caught in contact. A way not to drop the ball might be looking at what Ireland did, which is the voluntary tackles behind the game line. Build up, build up your phases. I mean, that was brutal, though. I mean, what Ireland had to endure to do that, mm. England can't. England can't, can't, can't do it. Did you did you pick up Razzie's little dig at Ireland when he was running through the amount play like the the caps, the weight, the type of teams? There was something where he said, uh, "England and South Africa, we've been able to rotate our teams, and." Some of the teams haven't had the luxury of rotating and it might cost you occasionally. <laughs> ouch, <laughs> Par- paraphrasing, but it was basic. That was his dick. Yeah. I, there was so... Yeah, that would be my... So I'm looking at getting Benambi off the field. That would be my yeah. goal. Well, I don't so, know how so I'm that, doing it. So that's actually speeding the game up, not putting the ball off the park. But then you can't not put the ball, ball off the park and play fast. And also have loads of lineouts. Yeah, but maybe the lineout was just well, the, me. The lineout kicks off. in. You don't want the lineout to start with, do you? You want the lineout to kick it to kick in when Once he goes off the field. Benambi's off. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe either so it's pick Bevan Rod. Yeah. And just go go rapid. Go wild, yeah. Go absolutely wild. Bevan Rod with a uh, make sure you Genge off the bench. Genge off the bench. Play it? play everything short. Play everything around the fringes. Sing, Sinclair, <clears throat> Sinclair starts then. Sinclair, yeah, Sinclair could well start. Yeah, play short. Theo Dan starts. Play off the edges. <laughs> I mean, I've always wondered about this. This is a thing I've actually thought thought about for an amateur team. But imagine you're lucky enough in training to have 15 versus 15. In Talk H, we are lucky enough, but we've never done this. Now, if I decided to dress three players in a bib of some description and then tell my attacking team all session, you can only take contact into those three bibs constantly would that be effective on a saturday and i think it'd be phenomenally effective so you would target their three best players so who are the three three best players in the tackle whoever they may be and just go after them over and over and over again so they've got to get up they've got to make more tackles and when they start making errors everyone starts making errors so who do you target in that south africa team <clears throat> there's so not many weaknesses but who would yeah. you target well, umbenambi is one dilande dilande you know i think You've got to be careful with this because I think someone like Diolande is just happy to make tackles. Yeah, and that's what he you're talking about. All beast. day. That's but exactly do you, do you what it's. Do you not target. Peter like, Stefton Toy. Do you not target Libok? No, because that's exactly what they want you to do. Yeah, okay. Right? So they start hiding him, and when you don't target him, it's a success, and they're trying to organise everything so you don't target him. So actually, you go for the two points of strength. So someone like yeah. Peter Stefton Toy, Benambi is a bonus, and then Diolande. When Diolande starts dropping off tackles, people start scratching their head and go, what's what? going on hang on a second hang on a second and it's over and over again and when he's not in his defensive line because he's at the bottom of the rock what then when you don't let him up continuously so it's a mixture of hitting him all the time so did you see one of the grassroots podcasts we're talking about this week no um i have the uh, clip. no but no i no you don't need the clip because it's only regard to taking stuff that i've seen and read loads of other places before the battle stats Battle stats, yeah. I'd never heard it. Yeah, so no, I'll I've, give credit to them because I hadn't heard it before that. Yeah. Um I have heard I've heard it lots of times. Before. So Jim and Goody were talking about this. And I, I just love I just love that, the sort of battle stats. But you know, make that play play against them. If they want to play uh, play that, yeah. Target their three best players over and over again. Now this is so this I'm just looking at the stats from last weekend. Uh South Africa 
attempted 201 tackles. They missed like 40, didn't they? Yeah, they missed 43 tackles. I think they, that I think that's 79% that, tackle completion. Yeah, that that is a measure of but that's we talk because when you used to um when you would always criticize Owen Farrell's and Saracens generally Can I just say ta- I still I still criticize <laughs> Owen Farrell. <laughs> you do still. And that's exactly when England were losing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, but you you've criticised Saracens or whatever, but it's it's a consequence of the style of attack, isn't it? When you it is, when you the, fly up that the style fast, of defence, yeah, the style of defence. Sorry, there You're is right. a range. Okay, there is a range, and I think you can't tackle completion is meaningful within a certain range. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. If you trend to zero. You yep. don't have a problem, unless you're so dominant that the, the you never have to make a single tackle. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but or you you miss one of one, and, every, and well, miss one of one, you concede one try. But if you score a hundred tries, then <laughs> you're you're okay. Um, but yeah, they so but they they did at least attempt a lot of tackles. So over to, over two hundred attempted, which is a big number. Uh, so, hmm. I, I think there might be a fair few changes in the South African team, or maybe four. I'm going to guess four changes. Um, w- w- by the time you're listening to this, the, the team will probably be out, but I'm going to go there'll be four changes. So Razzie hinted at a few things in that Yeah, the players that might conference. suit playing England better, which was like Pollard and Moody. Yeah, how did he freeze it? He was like, uh, you could be tempted to do, you could be tempted to go for... A six-two split, or you could be—I could be tempted to start four, four. Faffy and Hondre as an example. I would love to. If I was English, I'd want Faff starting. Mm. I would want Faff starting, hundred percent. He makes too many mistakes. He's too hot-headed. He can be he amazing. Was awesome when he came off the bench. Look, he can be amazing. Some uh, he can be amazing sometimes, but also he can be too important to a team. And if you can quiet him down, he's not a functionary as such. I I tend to agree that I I would rather him start than uh, Reinach. I think Reinach is, is I think he doesn't get a fair crack at the whip. Although he started last weekend at the in the Springboks team. Um, well, Mi- I think he's Mi- superb. Mitchell learnt a lot from him when they were, when he was coming through the ranks at Northampton. He's um, the guy that took over from Reinach. And Mitchell wishes he had half the pace that mm. Reinach had. And half the well, and half the pass. <laughs> half, the half the box kick in. Yeah, Mitchell needs to come into his own, and if he doesn't, he was he was yeah. able to play like Mitchell plays a little bit more at the weekend because yeah. the forwards gave him a platform, and he's always yeah. and England actually sort of tried to play. He hasn't taken to it as much as I hoped he would. I really thought he was going to be a star, like instant star. Yeah, it's the way he plays for Northampton, I thought it's a it's, ma- international rugby is a massive step, isn't it? And it, and it turns out it is. Yeah, he's it he's is. generally been asked to go against his natural inclinations because yeah. he's generally been asked to play the uh, distribute off ten rather off nine and box kick, mm. which both of those like you, you're putting a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Now, does anyone think that England is just going to be England regardless, and then go, the, the ship is going to go down on their on their terms? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I don't know. I I, I think England will will pr- probably lose, and that's not a. <clears throat> but I think you'll be closer than people think. But do you think they're going to be tactically um, rigid? Like, they're going to just play the England game style and see well, what happens. But the, the, <clears throat> the England game style against Fiji was different from, it from was. what it has been. I think it'll be more like the England against Argentina than the England against Fiji. I, England versus Argentina is probably... I mean, if they could, hey, tell you what, if they can start getting drop goals left, right and centre, that's not a bad shout either. It's Points not. Points are precious. It's not a bad option, that. Particularly if Lubbock starts, because if you can get three points and they can't, and you get another three points, then all of a sudden they've got to get a try, they're, they're one point up, but then you hit another three points. I, that's not a bad shout. That's a, so definitely got to take points when, however, wherever, whenever they come. You've got to do, got to keep that scoreboard ticking. Concern is that they just won't get any chances. Um, so that would be mean, too solid. Yeah. But to be fair, they won't get many chances. You know, they weren't getting the traditional chances against Argentina, and that's what made it so so good, actually. Yeah, but it, uh, they England have in their games controlled the territory. I think I saw a stat today saying they've had the best territory of any of the teams in the semi-finals. This sounds about right. Um, so that's where you once you've got the territory, there are always scoring opportunities through drop goals. So yeah, you. But the, one of the things you've got to be careful of, which South Africa sent out a message to England when we spoke about it before, if you are box kicking or if you're kicking. Not to, f- and you don't find grass first. You've got to make sure it bounces outside, or it's going to land outside the twenty-two. You yeah. can't kick too deep because kick too deep, scrum time, penalty against you. Every if- kick has to be contestable from the box kick. Has to be really contestable. Or you're using those grubber kicks, those little dinks yeah. over the top, the cross, the, the so, unusual <laughs> stuff. So, Stewart on the wing from an attacking <laughs> from an attacking perspective, or at least you position him as the, the guy, one of the guys chasing the kicks, and uh, Bevan Rod to start. Bevan Rod and Theo down in the front row. I'd still keep I'd still keep Jamie George, yeah. but Bevan Rod I could see a logic. Bevan Rod, Nick Dolly, <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Harry Thacker, Thacker. Yeah, yeah. Harry Thacker, yes, give me Thacker on the phone. Very good. <laughs> Goodness me, it's going to be a big right. Ass. Okay, so this uh, the way Phil always frames it. Let's finish this by saying: if we played this game ten times, how many times does South Africa win? Nine and a half. They get a draw. So I I would go f- so. I, I said something similar to a colleague recently that South Africa would win 90 out of 100 and of the remaining 10 uh, England are going to get lucky in 2 or 3 and uh, and but I so the bookies have this the bookies have got England over 6s so like you they'd England would win uh, about 15 or 16 out of 100 um, but the just looking back on the stats, uh, and just purely looking at the last games, do you know what the current track record is? The last game was a win for South Africa. I was there yeah. at Twickenham. They got England got booed off the field. It was Eddie Jones's last game in charge. Yeah. Uh, the game before that, England won at yeah. Twickenham in the Autumn Internationals. Marcus Smith. Uh, there was that was where yeah. Manu Tulangi went off early, and it was Smith Slade Marchant. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Um, which adds a little bit more credence to your idea. Do something in 13. Yeah. Ballers, just get, get, some, get, get a bit faster and looser. The game before that was the 2019 World Cup final. Correct. South Africa. The two before that, one was Twickenham, England won. One was Cape Town, England won. So you you stop there, and the last five, England have won three, South Africa have won two. So, yeah. But you go back a bit further. You go back all the way to just after the last World Cup. Because um, 2015, it was definitely a different South Africa team. It oh, was yeah. almost entirely... Like, that was when they brought the old boys back. Matfield and uh, various others. Um, but to post-2015, it's played eight, England four, South Africa four. The what? problem I have with that is I just... From what I've seen in these big games, in this World Cup and in previous World Cups, but certainly in this World Cup and these two teams, South Africa have got another level. South Africa can step up. They did it uh, against Ireland in the game that they should have won. They did it against France. They did it in their final warm-up game against New Zealand. They just stepped up a level that takes them beyond England. Now, I I think it, this is... South Africa are clear, clear favourites, but maybe win two out of ten. Yeah, I was going to say one, if I was being very, very generous, two out of ten. So, yeah. A uh, 20% chance is, when you actually put it in those terms, it the the way it's been characterised as, oh, this is going to be South Africa by 30. I mean, it, maybe that happens. And I, I, I'd say one or two <laughs> times out of ten, that is the outcome. But I see this in a World Cup semi-final. I think this could go the way of could could, and I'm saying going to say maybe most likely, maybe five out of those ten, it goes the way of South Africa v Wales four years ago, and England make it really hard and ugly, and it's it's a three point or a five point win, less than seven or less, yes, seven or fewer, points. yeah, it's a one score win, yeah. because well, the pressure affects the pressure affects both yeah. teams, like you see. In big sporting events, not just not just rugby, you see players who would normally take things in their stride, and they just can't do it. The red card is another thing which could massively swing. Yeah, the game. true. The, the and risk I don't of, see it coming for South Africa. Yeah, do, do you know the what? Risk is on England. Do you know what else? There. I think so. Sam Kane's face before that New Zealand Island game. We talked about it on the last pod. It. it and and, for, and to hearing what Rico Ioanni said to Johnny Sexton after the game, and Brody Retallick said to what, Peter Romani after the what game, did, what did he say? I have no idea about uh, this. Uh, Rico Ioanni apparently said, to, uh, sort of said to Johnny Sexton, "Don't don't forget to pack your bags, get on the plane, don't, don't you know? Don't forget to get back." It just made some comment and cupped his ears to the crowd, like as in all, really? all, all, all the all the uh, so and and and, and Brody Retallick and Brody Retallick said to Peter Romani apparently. Um, um, just basically, just obviously, what he said to Sam Kane, he just went f off four more years, do one basically, <laughs> and um, so the point is, you look, you piece together Sam Kane's face, Rico Yuani, Brody Retallick. I mean, these are amazing players. I'm not knocking it. Some people have said, oh, it's all right, you shouldn't do it, whatever. Um, Rugby values. I, I'd, I'd say Ireland kind of started it by Peter Romani doing that for, uh, in New Zealand when they beat them in a series and that hurt New Zealand so they made it what well, point being they made it personal you can tell in the build up to that game to, yeah. get, to get them in a place to win that match they made it personal and that's one that's one little little um, 
energy that England can unlock if they make it personal. 15 of the 23 men that were in the World Cup final 23 four years ago are in the England squad now. 15, mm. 15 of the 23. You don't get many second chances in sport, do you? No, you don't get many second chances. Mm. And they, they should, tr- they should like emotionally make it personal. And if that means one of them goes out and does something stupid and ends up getting a red card on 17... Don't do that. No. I'm not, oh, no, 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 I'm, not saying, I'm not saying... I'm not saying do Penalty that. underneath the sticks, no, two-point lead. What I'm saying is just, like, we'll be able to see it in their performance if they, are, if they go to a darker place, if they, if they can unlock something that we haven't seen and just... Yeah, Because that's, mean, what, that's so, what it's going to need. There's so many problems with, with, with England, though. I mean, one of their biggest problems, and this has been around for a long time now, is... Bill Sweeney? Well, Bill Sweeney is the <laughs> single point of failure, yes. <laughs> but no, there is... Anyway, no, pa- patreon.com slash eggchasers for an extra, yeah. extra spicy content. <laughs> so there is another element, and they've been doing this for years, and sometimes it works beautifully for them, some, and most time it doesn't. They come out of the traps hot, like really hot. So you can see an England team absolutely hammer people for five minutes, but unlike Ireland and South Africa, who just carried on doing it, I mean, they did drop off slightly, England do drop off, and when they drop off, that's when they start to fade, they start to make mental errors, they start to make skill errors, but they can come out really, really hot. Mm. So maybe you don't want that to be too personal. I don't know. Maybe this is the time they come out really hot, build a lead, and, and they continue. But in my experience, it's always backfired. It, yeah, it's not always backfired. Well, they beat Ireland doing it, actually. And they beat um, the All Blacks doing it in the World Cup semi-final. Yeah. Um, they had they had a good run of doing it under Eddie Jones. Um, it was almost like Eddie Jones was kind of controlling those first fifteen minutes, yeah. And then when his control had waned, and they'd score early too, they'd um, fall apart. But uh, who knows? Who knows? We're, I think we're all saying South Africa win. Oh yeah, South South Africa. We spent a long time trying we... to convince ourselves that I, there might be a route for England no, it's just, to win. Uh, well, as much as anything, the the in, like as I said at the very start, the interest seems much lower because people are disparagingly. It's not just that people are going, oh, South Africa are favourites, New Zealand are favourites. It's actually there's a. I think partly because of well, bitter, France being out is a massive bit, thing as bitterness well. Bitterness from some quarters for better teams not being in the competition that needs to stop. Because would it be better? Would you rather if you were French? Would you rather have got to a semi final and lost there? You tell me because. I don't see the difference. What's the objective to win the World Cup? Well, all I'm going to say, Tim, is... All I'd say is that the England fans have been very content knowing that their route to the semi is actually fairly straightforward. Uh, I'm I'm of the opinion you've got to beat all the best teams and never whinge about it. Like, you just have to. You want to be the best in the world. Mm. There's nothing wrong with beating all, all the best teams. Don't, don't whinge about it. On the other hand, the England route to the semi-finals, a lot of people said, "Yeah, we will take that all day long." So I think the answer is you just take what you're given. But yeah, but to reach a final, England will have to do what France couldn't manage. So who cares that France would be in the semi-final? Yes, quite. Yeah, but I think the argument would be England should have been out earlier. Early, but, you know, you can only play what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah, that's all you can do. Yep, and don't whinge about it. Yeah, well, but my, my, the point being, had should we? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the parallel universe, like if you lose to South Africa in the next round or whatever or in the, in the final it doesn't doesn't change who wins the cup no so yeah anyway so just, just look at you mentioned uh, 14 or 15 of the England players played in 2019 it's about the same depending on who they pick but 14 or 15 of the South Africa 23 will have also played in that final so it makes a fascinating it semi it is fascinating isn't it 
Yeah. It is. But we're and all I'll, saying. I'll predict the scoreline England 12, South Africa 32. 20, <laughs> 20 point win for South Africa. There you uh, go. <laughs> I'm going to predict uh, England 18, South Africa 25. Mm. And there's another semi final. Yeah. Uh, we actually know the teams for this one as well. We, we do. do. Uh, yeah. Actually, I've seen the New Zealand Arge- Argentina have changed scrum half. So yeah. they've got what, one one a- very average scrum half has gone out and one average scrum half has come in. But other than that, the 23 is, is the same. Yeah. And for New Zealand, they've uh, Mark Talley is off the naughty step. Yeah. He's back in, Fainganuku, who had a great so, game, is, is out. What did he do? Don't know. They still don't know. They've not, they've not said. Something to get him a one-week ban. I think I think he probably there was probably bed bugs yeah. and so he had to find somewhere else to sleep. You know, like <laughs> it's either bad enough to go home or it's not. This one we find is so stupid. We either send him home or we don't. He did he didn't sweep the sheds. He was sort of naughty. <laughs> a little bit naughty. I hope they get smashed. Anyways, up. back and Brody Retallix rotated onto the bench, Sam Whitelock starting. And I think that's it. Uh Takiaho comes oh, in to Dane Cole on the bench. Uh that might actually be it. Yeah. And Argentina can win. They've beaten them. They can They can win this. Again, they're being written off like it's going to be a 30-point gap, which it may be, but I don't see it going that way. Yeah. You know, it's the, the bookies have got this an even bigger win. So Argentina are like 11s or 12s, which is... To me, so, so they're basically saying that if you played that game ten times, Argentina wouldn't even win it once. Yeah, they'd win. They'd win it a fraction of once. They'd win seven or eight out of a hundred. I am like that. pretty seven, eight, certain out of that Argentina have got a better chance of beating the All Blacks than England have of beating South Africa. And I think this because when Argentina played England, their last big game, even though I wasn't overly impressed with the, you know, the general performance. Was impressed by one particular aspect, which is their ability to break the line. They have got some good athleticism. Um, they're a hard pack. They're not a great pack, and they're not sort mm. of like they're not a great scrimmaging pack anymore. But they can carry. And on top of that, I love the narrative around them, which is you can lock these boys in a hotel room and they'll come out and play. So if they can unlock that sort of spirit, that attitude, you talk about making it personal, there'll be something which can fire yeah, up. I think that could work for Argentina, maybe in a way that it wouldn't yeah. work for England, actually. You want them bawling their eyes out in the national anthem, ready to go out and, yeah. uh, and end They someone. locked us in a hotel room and we still beat, beat, beat these idiots. <laughs> I mean, that would be something which I'd go with. Yeah. If, yeah, you, you want them to have a sense that, look, everyone's written you off. Yeah. Show, show them what the bookies are saying and it will actually... I, w- I think I would put the betting odds around, you know, Around the around the change room, yeah. put clippings of of the paper, like yeah, that that that's exactly your team talk. So Buffelli with his top off, swinging it around his head in the fans at the weekend, loved it. I loved mm. it. He's, some people have not knocked it for them. Like, oh, they've just played their World Cup final. I loved it. Their fans are amazing. Yeah, they're a great team. They're a very likable team as well. Um, I think the if Argentina had some of their historic great props. I think they could really well, trouble Marcus, I, uh, sir. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You're assuming that their historic great props would be going up against the current black, the the current Carl Hayden. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am assuming that they're going up against <clears throat> these the current guys all blacks. Yeah. No, Argentina against Argentina's best ever props in their I prime. Heard, so against, against Carl Heyman. That'd be great. That, I that mean, that's what great. I wanted to see, right? But actually, 
the this crop of all black props is not all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the best Argentina props against a weak all black they team, could a, they, they could could yeah they could really trouble them. De Groot and Lomax are on the, they're tracking to be very 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 good. Yeah, I think so. But this is the thing with young props, isn't it? This is why Dan calls back. Like it takes a lot of experience. It takes a lot of different body angles. It takes all sorts of uh, new numerous scenarios before you get a properly seasoned prop. They're like you know they're like. Um, Logs of teak, you know, it takes a long time to season them. And there is also the su- survivorship bias where you've got to go through some, you've got to break a, quite a few pl- props before you get the uh, the right one. Look at guys like, uh, what's his name? Alex Cobisiero mm. or Henry Thomas or like guys that were going to be the next big thing. Yep. Um, Matt Stevens. Oh, he actually did. Have Matt Stevens. Yeah. He had a good career. Um, Paul Hill. Yeah. Um, like just, just guys. Kieran Brooks, Aaron Painter, yeah, Aaron, yeah, all of those. Harry, they're Williams. mostly English, aren't they? Yeah, they were, I mean, we are just listed English ones who yeah. could have, could have, would have, should have. Because there's not many in the Welsh list, is there? There's just a they, discarded English one. Well, because there's no one to rotate them to. No. You just, you just have to stick with the same guys. Oh, you better yet. No. Well, you're gonna get hammered again this weekend. <laughs> See how you Sorry. go. How about this week? <laughs> yeah. There's nobody. It's like the uh, speech in any given Sunday. Where it's like, son, go out there because there's no one left. <laughs> it can't get any worse. <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch that film again. I've seen that in years. Yeah. Such a great film. I'm, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that film. And do you know what? Stephen Willie Beeman. My favourite bit isn't even the speech. It's every, it's everything about it. It's the ambience. It's everything. I, I, I love that film. That mis- that was out on DVD when I was in university 20 years ago. So God knows how old it is. Well, I, I watched it at the cinema. When was that? Um, oh, wow, that I must have been awesome. I, I think... I'm trying to think when it... I think I probably wasn't... I bet it was a 15, and it was probably not long... Yeah, it was long, definitely a 15. It was probably not long after I was 15. Frankie, the party scenes in it are great. It makes me yeah. want to go to the party. <laughs> the women, the partying... Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. Rugby's not at that level, is it? I, um, I don't know. Have you, you, you been out in Bath? Fill <laughs> <laughs> up with the Bath lads. Why do you think Finn signed? <laughs> it came out in uh, 1999. What? Oh, actually, here we go. So in the UK, it came out on the 31st of March 2000, <laughs> which which was uh, six weeks before my 15th birthday. There you so go. I wow. saw it either as a 14-year-old <laughs> or 15. of when you went to see films. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So back to this game then. I was saying uh, a huge. Argentina got a maul it, maul it, maul it, and Julian Montoya's got to be at the back of that. <laughs> I, I mean, Montoya's going to be important. That's one. They, when they, when they've won their big games against New Zealand, when they won that, that big game against Australia, and they got that last minute try, the maul was massive. Yeah, and they got two of the best in the business, Crevy and Montoya. It's still to this day that they they are the best best yeah. in the business. One's thirty two prime prop territory, hooker territory. And then you've got Creevy, who's still doing the business. So that, that's absolutely fine. But mind you, so is Dane Coles. I'd love to, I mean, he's not yeah. on the bench. Is he's he? not. He's not around. No. But I'd love to see those, the, the, those two hammer it out for one last time. Yeah. Saddle up the war horses. Coles and Creevy. That would be good to see. Never mind. Um, the other thing that Argentina have, they have got a world-class kicker in Buffelli, who is superb. And they've got some, like you mentioned before, they've got some lovely runners in that back line. Yeah, the, the two Carreras. Big lads as well. Yeah. Cinti. They're all quite big. 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 
Big yeah. Cincy fan. Yeah, Cincy's great. <clears throat> Choco Barra's great. You take, I mean, I was going to say big lads. They're up against Geordie Barrett and Rico Iwani, who are They are big large. lads. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those two, actually, it's worth just dwelling on them. You spoke about generational talents for Ireland, Sexton, mm. maybe Bundyaki. Whether these two centres that we mentioned then are like the greatest ever All Blacks to play in those positions, I doubt it. But just well, no, the not. physical like, talents. Even in, even in recent times, Conrad Smith is. Conrad Smith and Marnonu uh, is. Yeah, the, but you know, is, even that, I think the... Conrad Smith would be the first to put his hand up and say, I am not the athlete that Rico Yorani yeah, is. Yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, and the same goes for um, for Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett is so unusual. He's massive. He can yeah. kick. His skill set. I mean, who is the best All Black 12? Um, Marnonu. Marnonu, something like that. And again, I'm sure Marnonu would be the first to say, I can't do what that guy does. Now, it's not to say that they're going to be the best, but they are two serious pieces of kit. And they're both young as well. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking up... They're well, both Rico's about 28, and I think Geordie Barrett... Uh, about, about, about 28, I'd say. They've got they're, another World Cup in them, if they They're want. both 26. Are they? So oh, they are young. So they, yeah. Two World Cups, they are young. They've, they've got... Yeah, they could have another two World Cups, especially with their pace, because even, even as they approach their 33-34, the, the, not the next World Cup, the World Cup after that... They'll still still be dangerous. Wow! Mm. Wow! So everyone saying New, New Zealand, Zealand win. win. Yeah, New Zealand win. But I hope they have an off day. I'd, I'd love to see. I'd love to see at least one upset. Although that does raise questions over the final. I'd love to see two upsets. Yeah, that would really excite me. In that game, I want to see Marcus Kremer just e- ending people. I. Yeah. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the best of him this World Cup, and I no, love. Do you know what the problem is with Marcus Kremer though? What he's very easily endable himself. <laughs> so I, he's got a wonderful body for absolutely. No, no, smashing. you just end there. He's got one. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's very big. He's yeah. very, very he's tall. tall. Like, yeah. he, he presents a beautiful target for the top tacklers because he and does. He runs in quite upright as yeah. well. Yeah, in fact, it might have been against um, New Zealand that I saw this. Maybe it's Sam Kane actually. But they absolutely levelled him. <laughs> levelled him. I was like, Oof. That um, Kremer, along with Petit and Lavanini, they've they've managed to avoid the cards so far, mm. arguably slightly luckily um, against Wales and Tompkins' head. I hope one of them doesn't get... This This would be pride. I hope they... I hope they don't, but going back to what we said... Save it I, for the final against England. Yeah, save it for the final against England. But I, ho- <laughs> I hope they don't get a card, obviously, mm. but... It might. I think Argentina might need to go to a place. They might need to have tears in their eyes, be so fired up that they risk that happening. In order to win, you have to you have to walk the tightrope of Lavanini on a knife edge. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lavanini is a bad example. I'm trying because to think he does so many stupid <laughs> like, things as well. He's so stupid. He is. <laughs> like, who would be the good example of someone playing on the edge? I was going to say Tom Curry, but no, Ben Curry. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so few players that can play like that. Oh, Quagga Smith. He plays right on the edge. Mm. Right on the edge. Just the inflictor of all things violence. Oh, by the way, that, do the battle stats. Yeah, he's top. He's top. Yeah. I knew I was on to, I knew that I was on to something when I was watching him. God, I love that man. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Inflictor of pain, yeah. distributor of violence, Quagga Smith. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd want that on my... If I was if I, if I was that good, I want that actual inscription on my tombstone. <laughs> not father or, you know, son of, father of, brother to, not all that, husband of, no, no, no. Inflictor of pain, distributor what, of violence. What, he's that He's that violent and that 
destructive when he comes on that I actually want him to be like released from a, a cage. A cage, go, go. <laughs> Do you know what? I have to unlock. Like Razzie comes down, holds up the key like he's in some WWE <laughs> thing, unlocks the cage, and lets Quagga out. Or maybe it was a different colour light. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll bear that in mind for your tombstone, but I've already got it planned. Now, have you gone? It's going to be unwise but not illegal. Thank you very much. Yes. Unwise but not illegal. Me and Philip Schofield both buried next to each other. <laughs> right. uh, so we're going to do another podcast, uh, a quick um, but very spicy Patreon podcast. And thank you are to we? all our new patrons. Oh, we, are. Um, we are. But just very briefly, I was I, I drove past uh, Colwyn Bay today. Mm. Oh, yes. Past old stomping grounds. Uh, went to Bangor University because while I was back, I got back last night, Tuesday night, and I go back to France tomorrow, Thursday. Now, Bangor University does not sound like a place... Where the first team would play? No, no, no. I'm, so who, I, you, who do you I, take? I, I'm taking care. I, I'm taking the reins of Manchester Metropolitan, third 15. Nice. Mm. There'll be some good players there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good standard. Now, here's a question for you, Tim. Are you doing the right thing? What's that? Which is sending them to a club which will look after them, take, take them on the beers, has yep. a phenomenal... Yep. Or are you sending them to Broughton Park? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a little link up with Broughton Park. A little link up with Broughton Park, it's honestly. But, Imagine uh, being stuck there on a Saturday night. Yeah, the boys got a 51-0 win. Solid, mm. two from two so far. So uh, and yeah, so I, I'm back ch- uh, Tuesday night to Thursday morning. So like 36 hours, and I've managed to fill. I'm uh, today. I've done a podcast, gone to uh, coach, well, coach slash watch the university team and coach my son's team as well, and done a YouTube video, a preview so, of Argentina. So so I've so I've basically done nothing but rugby in the in the 36 hours that I've been back from the Rugby World Cup. Well, I've been hard financial advising all day today, hard out of the... Bid more and bid, bid more and Cohen. Bid more, bid more, bid more. Or bid more and Cohen. Bid more cubed yeah. financial advisors. Uh, yeah, I have been rushed off my feet all day. In fact, I was in the bath and I forgot that this was on because I've been financial advising so hard. And you've probably been doing pipes and wires again. Is that right? Uh Let's not talk about my uh, my work at the moment. Let's not. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the semi-finals. We'll be there after it to dissect it all and realise how wrong we were. Let the boys play. <laughs> the boys uh, play and what? <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.